Back up, please. Hello and welcome to Indicast episode number 234. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, as usual, I have Abhishek. Hello, everyone. And for somebody who is about to go to bed at the night, you seem to have a lot of energy. It's 6.30 in the morning, nice and early. The sun is rising here in Thani. And uh, in Canada, Aditya is about to hit the bed. We lost an hour, by the way. Yeah, the daylight savings came into effect and we suddenly got another hour to sleep in. There must be a whole history around daylight saving and... I've, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I'm pretty sure we have covered it in one of our oh, topics. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we have we have done that. There are so many theories around it as to why it was done. But mm-hmm. there is no real, you know, no one can for sure say that this is why this is why it was done. It, it goes back to, I think, I've heard theories around the farmers and they wanting to get another extra hour of work done and things like that because sunset happens earlier. This was suggested by Benjamin Franklin, by the way. So many countries do this. Right now, it is proving difficult to people to get people into the office in your off, in your own team for like three days a week. And this guy basically came up with something that countries do. That is, they reset their watches. Yeah, and you remember when you and I, do after college, this is 15 years ago, blast from the past when we had gone at a restaurant to have lunch and we requested them to get sandwich and dosa. At the same time, he said, no, sir, dosa you have to wait for <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> Uh, and we requested him, no, boss, you just have to get it at the same time. No, it's not going to happen. The first one will Okay. I do remember do, that. You do, do you? That was quite I a while, 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, and I think we talked about how airlines can uh, land on time, but the the whole world can change its clock, their, their clocks. In 2019, the European Parliament, they said, hey, we don't want this. It's because it's too much trouble. Poll among uh, the citizens, they got some 5 million responses and uh, 80% of them didn't want the daylight saving to be in place. The, the reason they gave it is that, you know, especially for those who are traveling, it's like injecting a micro dose of jet lag in their systems. Wow. First world problem. First world problem. So I'll give you another another piece of craziness here. I'm on the daylight savings time wiki Mm. and i'm on the history section and there is one particular paragraph here which says the new zealand entomologist Mm. entomologist 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 i don't know Um, george hudson's first proposed modern daylight saving time because his shift work job gave him leisure time to collect insects and led him to value after hours daylight Mm-hmm. And so, in 1895, he presented a paper to the Wellington Philosophical Society proposing a two-hour daylight <laughs> saving shift. Right. Because he liked to collect insects, man. It's, I mean, you got to do yeah. what you got to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on and start talking about the first topic that we have, which is pretty amazing, actually. Wadgao, which is a village of about 3,000 people, you know, primarily made up of farmers and then sugarcane mill workers this is a village in Maharashtra they have declared independence 
from two of the so-called modern-day addictions. Can you name them? The smartphone and smartphone. Yes, and and the TVs and the right. television. Yes. There you go. There you go. So at least for a couple of hours every day, they have decided to digital detox. To take a digital detox every day, the entire village. And it's in Sangli, and that is my hometown. So I was very happy to see that hometown is on the cutting edge, man, of cutting edge of digital detox. Huh? Absolutely. They get stuff done. Uh, the the way this thing basically came came about was mm. a, a lot of the things moved online during COVID, right? Mm. And then the children became dependent on TV and then mobile phones, etc., for online classes. But and after the schools reopened this year, the elders or the mom and dads in the village they were like, "Hey, hold on, man. The kids." typically go playing after school that is not happening they are going back to the mobile phones and this is not okay and as a result they did a panchayat so basically a village meeting yeah. was called up and they proposed this 2 hour everyday ban on television and mobile internet and they had to go and convince a few people to do this but finally it was accepted yep every evening at 7 o'clock there's a siren that goes off it's <laughs> it basically yeah. says off your smartphones and come out and play and incidentally in a world where parents uh, you know they find glory in their kids ability to switch between wifi and mobile network and this story khud ko aata hai sab kuch you know in a world like that i think this is a pretty cool thing where they have uh, you know i don't know how they are going to enforce it how much of it this is pr but the fact that they wanted to do it itself is a big deal and coming from Uh, a place in in Sangli of all places, and it's important. I, yeah. uh, did I tell you about uh, a day when a friend of mine he he told me that they had to move to a network area because YouTube wasn't working because of which the daughter uh, his daughter wasn't eating food that day. So, I mean, we come down to that. Uh, Uh, when that. we talk about uh, smartphone addiction across, do you know which is the number one watched YouTube video? Ah, at least from South Korea, some K-pop or something, no? No, that may be just trending. But the yeah. number one, I think, one one was a, of course, a a, a kids nursery rhymes. Ah, yeah, I should have guessed that. You're right. I have done yeah. that a million times. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yes, And, but but the audio, uh, to be fair. So I haven't shown video yet. So maybe some someday soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and. Okay, getting getting back yeah, to yeah, the yeah. topic, we will we will we will go back and talk about YouTube videos, which is uh, there's an entire economy around ah. kids' videos that is being formed, uh, and that itself is an amazing topic to get into. By, by the way, anything to do with kids, uh, if we get it right, it can be a money spinner. But uh, as long as it helps them, for sure, it's targeted to towards the parents, right? Ah. To keep like education, like Bijou's is so big because not because it. it's helping kids but it is giving peace of mind to the parents no no it is putting fear of god in the parents they would want you know, god <laughs> to exactly you know, everyone's doing this so and it's expensive but anyway it is expensive yeah man anyways coming back to the digital detox yeah so you were saying so 7 pm every day in in this village vadgaon a siren goes off and then again at 8:30 pm again a siren goes off which says now you can switch it on what is your what is what's your mantra towards managing screen time for yourself 
So uh, when I switched to iPhone not too long ago, I have been an Android uh, uh-huh. user for a while. Tells you how long you spent on entertainment and across different categories. <laughs> so that uh, you know shamed me into making some changes. Like for instance, I will go on Twitter if I've read twenty pages of a book. Then maybe I'll spend five minutes. And, uh, yeah, and but... second, I it's working and it's fun. Uh, I suddenly realized uh, that I've been missing. reading books it's a very silly thing for somebody who's almost going to turn 40 but that's what mobile phones can do to you that you don't know you get sucked in and you're suddenly you say you're working hard and then when you look throughout the day for office and then you see two hours you've spent on things that you could have avoided and that's about 120 pages man of a book so 120 pages there you go there you go yeah my my regime basically is i start with using calm app for meditation purposes so i do i start i try to do try to remember to do 10 minutes of that at least it's pretty useful i think i think mm-hmm. i do better or at least i feel better on that particular day you should try you should give it a shot i have turned off all the notifications except on a few apps very selective apps and even then i have created modes within like profiles ios allows you to do that where you can say if there is a message from particular person yeah. then let me know and and things like that right? so that has worked everything we it's all about improving productivity making sure we are doing the best for our bodies and for our employers and for our families so there was this uh, research that was done maryland how do you maryland 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 and delaware Now you have confused now you have confused it's a Delaware and answer. Maryland ah okay so enterprise university partnership anyway it's a proper noun so i think we we can we 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 can get away with mispronouncing it <laughs> they they conducted uh, what was uh, uh, a survey between uh, among 5000 office workers in america and britain and what they did was they found the number of minutes that people waste on activities that are pointless every day and they came up with a WTF score, which is weighted total futility, futility. <laughs> euphemism to the WTF, and uh, uh, and this is what they found out, man. We spend twenty minutes a day correcting typos, which is half a year of our what? life in forty-five years. No way. See, it's no a, way. it's an average. It's an average, right? Of so course, of course. Somebody might be doing it for one and actually, I buy that. yeah and then best wishes you know in the end which which i do or rather regards because do regards. Have an automatic uh, you know i should do that it we spend a few days of our life doing that 145 days of our life are spent logging into things facebook twitter or any new app that you open you know you have to log in huh. so that's one yeah. five days and a few days uh, closing uh, windows pop ups deleting emails and notifications takes a few days Uh, and to quote from that article in the economist it says shakespeare wrote king lear in the time an average office worker spends changing font sizes during their career do you remember vipassana yes where you should not be talking for days together right and uh, you yeah, that, that is basically that is detox from just daily life right no. that is not even digital detox uh, have you done that so, so I have not done that. I don't think I'll be able to last. There is, there is no way I can last. You're not even supposed to communicate with your eyes or look at people and stuff really? like that. Really? Oh gosh. Yeah. That is how it should be done. And then it just is way too much time with myself, man, for me. Yeah. 
I'm not that interesting. I don't have as interesting thought, you know. So, anyways, <laughs> that is what this this particular uh, village is doing. I hope they are successful. If oh, so, yeah. if any of our listeners they are from Sangli and know <laughs> have friends in Wargaon village, it'll be amazing if you can keep us up to date on yes. uh, how this thing is going, right? We will stand by. Let's move on from Wadgao to Qatar, where in two weeks, it's going to be hosting World Cup 2022. One of the most controversial tournaments, which is going to be uh, happening in the, the, the tournament's 92-year-old history. The winner is Qatar. Today we celebrate. But tomorrow... The work begins. Of all places, Qatar, with no heritage, no infrastructure at the time, uh, the weather, we I'm sure we'll talk about it. It gets hot, to put it mildly. Many people have died working there, migrant workers, human rights violations. There is, in fact, a wiki page with uh, many, many scrolls on the subject. And when it bid back in 2010, they, they just had one stadium. <laughs> exactly. <That> is, <laughs> there is a term called sports washing. Sports washing, by, by the way, nothing new to FIFA. It was also, again, done where sports events are used to raise a country's profile, mm. especially if the country is not, is not favorably looked upon. Right? So right. way back when, uh, and FIFA is known for to help such countries out. Way back in 1934, Benito Mussolini, he hosted the World Cup to showcase the merits of fascist Italy to the world, right? Then in 1978, the the tournament again was used by Argentina to show legitimacy of the, the military forces, by the way. And now, this time again, as you said, there is no good reason for Qatar to be hosting the World Cup. As you said, there is one stadium, no real league, uh, no real, you know, standing in world football as such. And yet, magically, it was chosen to host the World Cup. That that story itself, uh, there will be quite a few documentaries out there. Uh, and I think there is one on Netflix that will be released this week. I forget the name. Qataris talk about, hey, look at the bright side. We've got stadiums that are too close to each other. For example, the Lucille Stadium. It's an 80,000-seat bowl that will host the finals of the World Cup in December. It is just 20 minutes away from another stadium where one of the semi-finals will be played, Al-Bayat Stadium, which basically means that folks can watch two matches in a day, which was never possible before. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and they're, they're spending like kings because they are. The, the person there, uh, it's, it's not a democracy. Uh, there's a metro which is $36 billion will offer services for free where they'll ferry passengers across the uh, the whole place. They've got uh, that Albad Stadium is uh, uh, like a nomad's tent. So they know how to market it. It says stadium, stadium 974 made from 974 recycled shipping containers. And that 970 was basically the, the Qatar's international uh, uh, phone code, dialing code. Hotels, there are uh, some uh, 2 million room nights Everything yeah. from five-star hotels to tent villages. Google Maps gets confused there because everything is so new. It hasn't got time to learn from the whole thing. So it cannot keep up with all the new highways. And in fact, they had they did not have enough rooms to, to house all the incoming guests. So what they've done is they've gotten, uh, they've got cruise ships 
to uh-huh. park themselves and there will be guests will be able to stay on these cruise ships itself uh, where are they going to put all these people they they expect some 200000 fans per day which will yeah they are supposed to be flying in from the yeah. neighboring countries put a perspective the population of qatar will go up by 8% just by the tourists in those days and <laughs> can you be <laughs> that is a basic that's like two eden gardens worth of people pouring in every day in qatar a country of 29 lakhs people until 2016 boss uh, they just had a foundation hole in the ground where the main stadium was to be built which goes back to the amount of spending that they have managed to do on infrastructure and other development projects they have poured in 200 billion dollars since they won that is that's the figure that is being reported right since the winning of the bid around 6.5 billion have been put into constructing mm-hmm. this eight stadiums which include the air conditioning and all those sort of things against a revenue estimate extremely positive revenue estimate of 16 billion so let's see how this goes there are there have been so many other issues around it and by the way the netflix netflix documentary just released it's called fifa uncovered it basically goes into the power struggles to global politics and how fifa plays into it yeah it starts the 32 countries not all countries are happy especially the most pissed off country as such or a country that has taken a, an extremely harsh stand is denmark denmark ranks amongst the top 10 teams in the world it has publicly stated that it is not happy with mm. all these things they have publicly they were involved in doing audit uh, or visiting uh, qatar to do audits about on the various different levers that you spoke about right there so many people died during the construction of it there are there there are question marks about the safety of lgbtq fans who are traveling to the country the temperature we haven't talked about it uh, i'm i'm reading this brilliant book you should pick it up if because you are a football fan the name of the book is the ugly game by hedy blake oh. and jonathan calvert uh, it basically the corruption of fifa and the qatari plot to buy the world cup he says stepping out in the open air is a little like opening an oven door you are hit by a wave of heavy heat so thick and tangible you could almost grasp it in such temperatures pale skin burns within 10 minutes so with that as a background the emir of qatar said we want this at all costs and then obviously he had his men pull it off and all it took is to convince 13 out of the 23 members of fifa to vote for qatar which is what the book goes on to unravel how people were bribed and how it was you know a power struggle game it it was the first time that the world cup would be awarded for two venues at the same time uh, when it was bid 2018 and 2022 now what had happened was at the time england spain netherlands and russia japan us they were all contenders but they would go for 2018 world cup because it was sooner in the day and there was a new rotation policy that if a country had hosted a tournament in the in, in the preceding 8 years the whole continent couldn't bid so south america europe they were all out they were not in the running for 2022 so it just opened up a, lit, a few doors automatically because of a new rule that was introduced so it was well thought out long ago yes how do you break the laws by writing new laws <laughs> right yeah <laughs> exactly right. yeah uh, and and, and now, yeah. now this has also been taken up by 
multiple individual players uh, including harry kane of england who is uh, he mm. and they are going to wear and a few other uh, team captains also decided to wear rainbow colored armbands to protest against the qatari treatment of lgbtq uh, community the denmark team that i was talking about they have unveiled three different jerseys that they are going to wear by the apparel maker hummer itself the danish mm-hmm. uh, company where it's going to be all solid colors even the the federation's logo is in the same color as that of the jersey so it won't be really standing out they have not written yeah. anything on the jersey because any apparently there are rules about what you can write on the jersey it cannot be politi- politically sensitive stuff etc australian team has released a video about the human rights city of barcelona has said that there would be no public screening of the world cup matches oh really uh, yeah fans at uh, borussia dortmund which is in germany they said games during the borussia dortmund games itself there were banners about boycotting mm-hmm. the tournament in the meantime however mr david beckham went ahead and signed with this is way back in 2021 uh, way back a 10 year deal by the way a 10 year deal mm. worth pounds 150 million to be the cultural and tourism ambassador for qatar mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. and now there are youtube videos about how what what does one make of this you either you stand for something no. or you stand no. for something else that's per, it's a choice i no you just stand you just you just I, i think in this i don't blame beckham i think you just stand it it's a business he is a public celebrity he is given offered money to give support this is pr right i mean this is uh, he's worked very hard to be in a position where people follow him where people care about what he says etc and it's you know it's time yeah. that he gets paid i don't i don't hold that against him if he, it's okay It and that's 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 exactly what uh, this Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp yeah. he told the journalists recently. It's a it's a boss. Please don't ask the players whether they will wear a black band, whether you are for or against. They are there to play football, and they've come all the way there now. You journalists should have made a difference ten years ago by writing stories and another thing. Nobody could make you know it. It's happening. The World Cup, for better or worse, is happening. those who worked hard for it don't ask them or you know yeah. whoever is going don't ask the manager whether he understand everybody knows that it it was uh, uh, you know fifa figured out a way through corruption to get there now don't reopen that chapter because it's too late you can't do anything about it yeah and and i'm pretty sure david beckham when he was first asked or he would have said no and then they came back with a an offer that you can't refuse right and at, at at some point there is a number everyone has a number man how much Whoever can says, buy you for exactly every everyone has a number for anything that should be the tagline of fifa because every other person of fifa is bought bought out meaning they just throw money after uh, a problem uh, there was one incident where uh, michael platini who was a former head of uh, uefa and then an european wing of fifa wala head he was yeah. charged wala head uh, <laughs> He he was cleared after huh. being being accused of accepting a fraudulent payment of some two million dollars by Blatter, who was the eighty six year old former Blatter. president of FIFA. 
in 2011 tolo pucha what is this all about to 2 million how did this suddenly come they said this was part of quote gentleman's agreement and quote uh yeah. basically we had told him ki he, he had done some consulting for a few hours of cons- or days of consulting and that was the amount yeah. of money and then there was one guy who's died now julio grondona he was an argentinian he was the bap among all the officials he controlled fifa's finance committee so he knew how much blatter earned he said uh, in a in a uh, for a game which says no to racism pehla 3 second baithta na sab log on one yeah. day he this is what he said i do not believe a jew can ever be a referee at this level it's hard work and you know that jews don't like hard work jews don't like it when it get rough when it gets rough anybody else would have been sacked and uh, this is fifa blatter once was a president of the world society of friends of suspenders which basically said girls or women should wear saucier stockings and he lobbied for them to do that because it was quote a sexier alternative to tights and he also said women in 2021 he said women should wear tights to attract more uh, male viewers and the money since we are talking about money these guys had salaries of 200000 a year for a few days of work and their daily allowances would be about 700 in cash blatter you you would have seen in press conferences he would be welcomed as if he were a president of a country uh because Powerful, that's man. how that's yeah. how big uh, uh, football is in the world because all you need is a football to kick it around whether you are in somalia or whatever america or wherever it's it doesn't need infrastructure you just have a good time and that's why it's the biggest spectacle on earth isn't it absolutely i just wonder how much time that you spend digging up dirt on sep platter i just 50 50 pages in the book man it's all in there 50 pages <laughs> uh, and and also for those who think that qatar you know i think one part where people talk about qatar not having a heritage they have got a little one little bit apparently uh, you know at the end of the second world war uh, they they started building oil reserves uh, surprise surprise so, so the foreigners came and the ottoman empire after it collapsed at that time qatar came under british protection and britons you know they loved football obviously from the beginning and uh, the first onshore oil concession that was given in 1935 to anglo iranian oil company that was the name of the company and this was the predecessor of bp and it was operated by the qatar yeah. petroleum company so drilling began in the 1930s much later crude exports began and foreign riggers they brought football into the game and they started playing so of course the temperature was still a problem they started playing along the shore somewhere in in the cities and in 1950 qatar had its first amateur football team and uh, who was the sponsor it was qatar petroleum company because that's where all the money is and the first national competition was held in 1951 and uh, in 1960 fifa recognized qatar, qatar as, as you, know, you know yeah as a country that plays uh, uh, football so there is a little bit of heritage but nothing beyond that so they don't have uh, indian premier league e- e- equivalent in the kachalimbu sense as well so but dude how do they get away with these things it's unbelievable if there is a 600 page book it's surprising that uh, platini and blatter are moving out in the open and they are indeed they they, they were accused just 4 months ago and uh, they, nothing could be you know nobody could put blame on them it wasn't proven they are out and about <laughs> the biggest heist biggest heist isn't it in the history of the world i think absolutely and where, while you talk about that do you recall that just recently back in august FIFA hmm. banned all India football of uh, football federation AIFF 
they just did not recognize <laughs> said that there is we are banning this particular federation for violation of certain fifa statutes and the status fifa the, the statute so far mentioned was undue influence from third parties was mentioned as a reason did bcci get interested or what and and guess who who is the who is the president of aiff now it is an a formal goalkeeper from mohan bagan i want to say but he is more importantly an mp from from bjp and hmm. then they undid that banning because then they realized that they were supposed to india was supposed to host the women's under 17 world cup in october as you said it football is 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 not just a game it's like a pr machine where it you know sports washing can be done coming back to the tournament itself one of the this is the first time when the tournament is is being held in winter quote and quote and in the middle of club leagues or club uh, matches why because again it if it was summer time as you were saying scorching heat and by the way it it goes way beyond 40 degrees during summers and now that it's in winter it is still going to be 24 degrees celsius that is the lowest and they are hoping that it stays like that if there is a heat wave that happens then they are then then they go crazy they have installed air conditioning in every stadium which is pumping cool air and they have created these sort of bubbles as such that they are calling it and they have created this as a cooling technology which was developed with qatar university the professor at the college of engineering at the university is now being called dr cool <laughs> of course in, in one of his in one of his uh, interviews he said we are not just cooling but we are also purifying the air for spectators so the air actually the hot air that rises up it goes to this entire system which includes passing it through right. water and things like that so it gets purified so he like for example people who have allergies won't have problems inside our stadiums as we have the cleanest and pure purest air in there all hot air what what else can we say all, yeah man sahi hai but when do this happening it's it's happening exactly and it's happening because uh, okay. how big is football right. i think it was it that who kya kya bill shanley legendary manager from liverpool at least i wasn't following the sport at the time he said some people believe football is a matter of life and death i'm very disappointed with that attitude i can assure you it is much more important than that apparently <laughs> that so because i know well, people who have no interest in football will go and sit in bars just to be with friends who love football and for the atmosphere and the whole exactly right and, 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 and it, i think it see the, the other thing is it's, it's a very simple sport try to sit down and explain cricket to someone right? it, it's not just not happening right it's just is let's see so the tournament starts november 20th i am hosting a football finals birthday for my son because he is into football amazing uh, so you you don't have that so rule that about you... not publicly broadcasting the matches i think there is you you don't have that. you are inviting folks at we don't have that you don't oh uh, yeah yeah exactly i'm not broadcasting uh, it's not i'm not it's yes i do the same thing isn't it don't. now tell me one thing if if we i still fans, don't know whether that's legal no but if he has fans will watch the sport which is no different than beckham doing what he can with his popularity the closest that we i mean if you get a free ticket to qatar to watch the world cup finals you won't deny it will you as a football fan 
and that is what they are doing by the way that is so yeah. one of the things that the uh, qataris are doing is they are giving away free tickets to people who will give positive reviews ah <laughs> <laughs> well that is what they basically did with beckham right yeah. it's just that his ticket costs around 150 million dollars over 10 years <laughs> you bet making of gravity the movie which uh, on then uh, that's we yeah. true story true story we are not making this up you know we are making yeah, it is so we we know how to how to get bang for its buck money's buck yeah yeah, yeah, we, yeah we know how to get it done and we know how to get it done cheap right now that's how you say it i always complicate yeah. things Yeah, you always complicate. You you went in for your GRE world list or your Shakespearean <laughs> stuff. In the Economist writer, in you came out. You bet. Oh, though by the I way, those it. listening in who who have joined us just started listening to us because we again they they've listed us on on iTunes etc. Uh, and it's fresh out there. Mm. Abhishek actually is all the words that he throws around. He actually <laughs> uses them in his art in his articles when he writes for uh, you know renowned. publications just one like indica just one like indica. but they they the, the economist guys uh, they all get weeded out and very for justifiably right read <laughs> i have i've tried to use this word shibang because i loved it shibang is basically shibang shibang the whole shibang matlab you the say and then yeah the whole uh, shibang uh, fifa did all of this and blah 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 and the whole shibang is a good so they have cut it out they cut it out six times all six different editors <laughs> Uh, and it's been six years or seven years since I've used that word. So there are a few, you know, bets that I keep losing to myself. That is what your Twitter handle should be: Shabang. Shabang. That you can finally use that word. Shabang. Yeah, that's the only. Or in, that's why Indicast. You know, I can get away. That's why you don't give me edit right. <laughs> that's why you always want to edit. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyways, we have we have gone on about this particular topic for a for a long time. So we are going to we are going to do one more one more topic, very pointed, which involves the stampede that happened in Seoul on the day or the day before Halloween, and this was in the Itaewon district in Seoul. It's this fashionable place. It's this place. which is called as the world food street by the tourism officials itself unfortunately 150 plus people died in a stampede that happened one lakh people were crammed in you know narrow streets and uh, it 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 is among the worst disasters that's the law there's no good way to you know die if it's not natural to be crammed and slowly get your life snuffed out of you must be something because there were reports of people saying i could see the person next to me stop breathing within those few seconds and somehow a few of them managed to get out so much so that when when such things happen people who are in the stampede or the crowd crush don't know that it is a crowd crush obviously yeah. right and they just yeah. police had to tell them hey don't don't go in there people are dying and everything was fine just 2 feet away from them they were blaming the authorities uh, not enough police but uh, as as you were saying there were 30000 30% more people showed up during this year yeah you know uh, 
of course after covid people wanted to come out and celebrate this halloween by the way halloween is massive in you know in the specification countries seoul is big japan tokyo is ridiculous the makeup that they put on they put hours creating that entire it's it's like a it's like an art for them uh, so they really get into it um but yeah it it was just too many people who showed up and the police who should have been better prepared were not there they they, they were covering some uh, other government protests elsewhere police don't have to worry about these kinds of incidents there because even the protests are very peaceful so that there, there'll be this politician who's or somebody who's blaring on the microphone and all those the throngs of people will walk properly without uh, jostling and they'll also pick up litter police will stroll nearby and say hey line mein aa jao theek se karo that's the ex- meaning it's very civil this was it's very civil. party basically turned really uh, went bad when yeah. when people tried to cram into this one alleyway which was sloping on yeah. top of that and the alleyway the head uh, the, the head of the alleyway was around you know 7 meters and it was narrowing down to around 3.6 meters mm. right so basically a big mouth funneling in and people couldn't disperse as as quickly yeah and they just got as you were calling it crowd crush by the way that is something that i learned stampede is mentioned is in terms of animals it the it's it's misnomer when it comes to using it in terms of real people the more appropriate term is crush or crowd collapse yes um, because stampede itself comes from this 19th century spanish word called estampida which means an uproar caused by a sudden headlong flight of a herd of frightened animals and in this case it is people not running roughshod over each other but standing at the same place and getting crushed i was surprised as to you know how often and the types of places or the occasions that this thing happened so for example this is most of the stampedes sadly happened when people are on pilgrimages the biggest one that happened is uh, in in the 21st century that happened which reported to around 769 people who were killed at at mina which is the and it's called in saudi arabia mm. while they were on a on a pilgrimage right then there was another one that happened in baghdad 953 people killed phenom stampede in cambodia and then hajj stampede 345 people again in mina then there was one in mandar devi temple in india in Ma- in maharashtra 291 people many of these are related to to religious occasions and most of them if if you take a look at the list of countries ethiopia india saudi arabia brazil indonesia ghana united mm. states 100 people um philippines egypt kodwar iran yemen tanzania uh, you know but even, and, even in india kumbh mela um mela 1415 i think yeah some 27 people died you know what happened then so uh, a few devo- devotees they they bent down to look for their shoes and whatever chappals and then it broke yeah people just fell right uh, fell no, over it just fell over and yeah. 27 people died and yeah, this is back in again if i if i wanted to 800 people were killed in 1954 uh, there are many researchers trying to figure out how to prevent these from happening and it is said that a gentle push can generate a ripple which is strong enough to lift the crowd off its feet and uh, they could be propelled to 
one meter. So if you go to YouTube and just Google up Hajj pilgrims, you will see that so many people are packed so closely together and the whole thing like a Mexican wave, right? It's like a wave. It moves mm. to the left and right. And these are all human beings because somebody pushes someone. So it's a, a crowd crush waiting to happen, but somehow it doesn't mercifully. At least in Hajj, uh, there are uh, startups uh, that have experimented with uh, you know technology that will spot patterns. So they'll predict crowd surges before they happen. The folks at Hajj, at least this was about a couple of years ago, they had to wear a bracelet, which, which was mm. GPS linked. And then it will track the person's location in real time. And then uh, ants, they, they leave a trail of pheromones as breadcrumbs when they tell their yeah. fellow travelers where to go. So these GPS linked bracelets would vibrate and would tell the pilgrims, hey, slow down, don't go there. It's too crowded. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those were the topics that we had for this particular episode, episode 234. If you want to keep getting the episodes automatically in your favorite podcast app, all that you have to do is go to our page in your in the podcast app and hit subscribe and the, the, the podcast will get automatically downloaded and ready for you to listen. So please hit subscribe, okay, so that you will automatically get those particular episodes as we publish them. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Indicast. I am at AC Mahatre. If you if you care to follow me on, on Twitter, I haven't been extremely active, but I'm getting there. And if you have anything to uh, anything that you would like us to cover, please at mention us on Twitter and send us a link for that particular topic. And we'll be happy. Yes. And do. even those listeners uh, from Uzbekistan, I think you were telling me that we've got some listeners from oh. Uzbekistan and, and, and more. more. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The list of countries that we have is Uzbekistan also. Hello to those in Uzbekistan. Thank you for listening to us. Taiwan. Hello, people from Taiwan. Canada is, is lower on the list for some reason. We have listeners coming in from Cambodia as well. The third uh, country on our most listened to, where most of our listeners are, is my lovely Japan. Ah, yes. Replicate the success in Canada, please. Replicate I want results. Uh, well, is what uh, Musk, Musk is what Musk is telling his folks. He's laid off half of them, hasn't he? I think. Half and now, now, by the way, they are calling a few people back because they realize they couldn't do, they cannot be doing a few things without the same people that built the original bit. So, awesome. and, and some That's of them classic. were laid off accidentally. That also That's happened. Classic. That is classic. Yeah. Well, that's about it. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>